Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. It's a great clip from a movie game plan that's uh, got a great message for today's world and for families. And it's right on target because all children need their fathers in their lives. No exceptions. And if the father is not present and active and engaged in a child's life, that child pays a price his entire life. And every relationship is impacted. Lily Beth contributed to the sermon today, my four-year-old granddaughter. She brought home from her class an acrostic on the word father. And uh, I think they got it, put it on the screen up there if they've got it. Uh, and she said, I think Doc Doc needs this for his sermon. And so they passed it along to me that a father is fun and brave and strong and he's a hero and he's helpful and he's great. And she believes key is all of that. But she'll grow up. <laughs> no, he is a wonderful father. But it was just so cool that Lilibeth was wanting to give me some material uh, to help me with my message. So I'm grateful uh, to Lilibeth. Now, I just want to take an acrostic. Not that one, but, uh, uh, but an acrostic about father. And hopefully encourage fathers as you... Seek to become the father God wants you to be. And I think that all of you want to be uh, a godly father and a good father. So a father is faithful. What a word. Faithful. Faithful in living with integrity and honesty before his family. And we'll talk more about that toward the end of the sermon. Need to be able, the family needs to be able to count on the dad. Always count on it. And then building God's truth into the lives of your kids. A lot of men do not understand. They do not realize that when you father a child, with that comes not only physical responsibilities. The Bible says if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel, worse than an unbeliever. And a lot of, a lot of men get that. But they don't understand that you are the, to be the spiritual leader in your home. And you are the one that God is going to hold responsible for building truth, spiritual truth, into the lives of your kids. See, every child needs a biblical worldview. Where will a child get that? Well, the child needs to get it from being taught by the Father. Listen, men. Don't trust that to your church and don't trust that to the schools. They, you're the one they trust. You're the one that has the responsibility to pour truth into their lives and help them develop a biblical worldview. Now here's the excuse I hear from men. I can't make my children go to church. You make them go to school. Yeah, you can make your children go to church. And, and here's, here's what I want you to know. 
Well, men say, well, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's a lie. You can salt the oats. You can make that horse thirsty. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to so live before your kids and build truth in their lives that they have a hunger and a thirst for God. And what a great privilege you get. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Listen to what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. So you're to have in your heart the truths of God and impart those to your kids. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit down and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. What is he saying? Talk about God all the time. Work God into everything happening in your life and in the life of your family. The ordinary things, the ordinary things of life show how God is a part of that. Now, tie them on as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Just have it everywhere so your kids cannot get away from God. That everywhere they turn, every conversation, something about God. And they'll understand why God deserves the best that they have to give Him. So faithful in pouring truth into the hearts and lives of your kids. And faithful in keeping your promises. Wow, that's so important. You, you know, I, I talk to so many kids who, who've been let down by fathers. We all have an excuse for being busy and for missing something that we promised we would be at. But you don't have any idea, some of you may, how much a kid counts on a promise you make. You see, kids take things literally. And more than anyone else, they want that father to, to be there when something special is going on in their lives. You've got to watch me and our kids. And when my girls are growing up, my goal was to be there. If they're in it, I'm there. And now we're doing that with the grandkids. And last week it was swim meet. Laura leaves in swim meet. And, and I was out there and the temperature was 145 and kids by the, look like hundreds. And their parents and hopefully grandparents. Know some grandparents were there. It's so important to let them know that when you make a promise you'll be there, show up. Don't let them down. And make your family an absolute priority. You have to find ways to let your kids know that your hobby nor your job is first place in your life, but that your family, after God, your family is your absolute priority. And that involves being there, being there emotionally and being there physically. You know, I have people tell me about church, you know, preacher, I'm not going to be there, Sonny, but I'll be there in spirit. Well, I never see many spirits in the room, and I'm not sure that counts very well. So, so don't tell your kids, you know, I'm there with you and I'm pulling for you, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to be there. Be there physically, be there emotionally. Be there to encourage them, be there to affirm them. And it'll pay tremendous dividends. Be there to hang out with them.
Spend time with your kids. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Quality time. And some of you try to force that issue. I spend quality time with my kids. I, you know, about once a week or once a month, I'll grab them all and say, now kids, sit down. We're going to have some quality time. Sir, you don't choose quality time. You don't even know when it's coming. You have to give them enough time that you'll be there when it's quality time. You pour time into those kids. The next letter is T for tender. Faithful, available, be there, and then be tender. We all know men want to be tough and strong. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they, they want that macho image, and you know, they're tough. We know you're tough and strong. But your children need you to be tough and tender. Some men are tough but not tender. Some men are tender but not tough. But God says you need to be both. You need to be tough and tender. You need to be velvet steel. Because kids need both. They, an extreme either way is not good. As a father, you know when you need to be tender. And you know when you need to be tough. You need to be tender enough to be sensitive to the needs of your children. So that, and, and, and you know then when you need to be tender but you also need to be strong enough to discipline and guide your children in the, the paths of life that they ought to go down. They, they need that, that strength from a dad to make sure they're on the right road. I, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing when you, when you deal with kids so often how much they count on their dad's Support and presence and love, and how powerful it is when, when, when they don't, they don't get that. So be available and be tender. I, I read this in the paper uh, uh, yesterday. It says Obama to fathers, be involved in their lives. Obama spent hours fry with teenagers, young men, community mentors, and everyday dads in hopes of launching what he called a national conversation on responsible fatherhood. Now, that's a program I'm for. He spoke at length about his father, Barack Obama Sr., who left home early. The future president was just two at the time his dad left. He saw him only once more at the age of 10. But in that short visit, that short visit still leaves a lasting impression on the president. In candid terms, Obama said he promised himself he would not repeat his own father's mistakes. Just because your own father was not there for you, that's not an excuse for you to be absent also. It's all the more reason for you to be present. You have an obligation to break the cycle and to learn from those mistakes and to rise up where your own fathers fell short and to do better than they did with your own children. That ought to be the goal of every father. To, to, whether you had a good father, a medium father, or a bad father, to be a better father to your children than your father was to you. And for most of us, we had a good father. And now we have the responsibility to try to even be a better father to our children. 
So be faithful, be available, be tender. When you need to be tender and tough, we need to be tough. And then you need to be a hero to your kids. Every kid needs a father to look up to. Let me, let me show you a clip. And I, I, you know, I, I realize that with great, great athletes, uh, you know, it's a different thing. Father, you, you grab the boy when he's like this. Say, you say, come here, boy. Two years old, you say, get down. Dad, show you how to do it. And now you come at me. Run through me. There, see? Get back up. Get back up. Now. See? You didn't do it right. Now come at me. See? Now this... And you teach them, see, you say, now go attack that tree, bite it, ha! Come on back, bite it again. You teach them all that, tackle me, bam! And then soon he's bigger and he's stronger and he can hit you and you don't want him to hit you anymore. You say, all right, son, turn him loose on high school and he's running up and down the field, high school, touchdown, 800 touchdowns per game. You say, yes, that's my son. And he goes to the big college playing for a big school, 3 million students and 800,000 people in the stand, national TV, and he catches the ball and he doesn't even bother to get out of the way, he just runs over everybody. <laughs> a TV and turn around and the camera's on him and you're looking and he says, hi, mom. <laughs> well, you don't mind that. You know who taught him. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, what a, he's just a funny guy and a, and a story that, that packs a lot of meaning. But you, you want to be the hero. One, uh, Teacher asked third, third graders to, to write a little something about their hero in life. And so one little boy brought home his paper that he had written and handed it to his dad. And his dad started reading it and tears just came. And the title was, Dad is My Hero. And so he got down beside his little boy and put his arm around him and still had tears. And he said, Son, I'm so honored. He said, Why did you put my name as your hero? He said, Dad, I couldn't spell Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but kid, kids love their mom, but listen to me, they live for their dads. Men understand that. They love their mom, but they live for their dads. They live for his approval and his affection. And if they don't get it, it is devastating and it negatively impacts every area of their life. Dad's like a star player on the team. If he's there, he makes an impact. If he's not there, he makes an impact. Either way, dads are powerful. You are the most powerful force in the lives of your kids for good, or you can be the most powerful influence in your kids to go in the wrong direction. Either way, you're going to be powerful. And God says, I want you to be in there so that Power is used in the direction of, of goodness and godliness in the lives of your kids. Determine to be the father. Determine to be the role model. Determine to be the hero that your kids want you to be in their lives. I mean, you ask a little kid, tell me about your dad. It's amazing what they tell you about their dad because he's the hero in their lives. Let me give you an example. If a dad is a believer in Jesus Christ, 75% of the time, his children will follow Christ. 
If only the mom is a believer, it drops to 15%. See the importance? Don't ever say, leave the religion up to the mom. Sit home in your recliner and let the mom go to church and bring the kids. Your kids don't do what you say, they do what you do. And they look to you as the spiritual leader. And so understand that as your kid's hero, your greatest assignment is to lead your kids to know God, to want God, to work for God, to live for God. That's so important. I don't know how well you know Debbie Simmons, but I know you know her through Karen Bridge and praying for her day after day, month after month. And Debbie is is a very unusual lady, a very unselfish lady. And I told Doug, he called me right after she passed away, and I went immediately to the home at about 6.45 in the morning. And I said to Doug, I, I believe in 49 years of being with people as they go through suffering and death, I believe that Debbie did the best job of dying of anyone I've ever known. An amazing woman who was so unselfish, so unselfish that that she went through some trials and medical trials just in case that her going through it, they might get some information that would help somebody else who would face this same battle. She planned her whole, she, she planned her funeral, everything about it. Ask the pallbearers. Ask Eddie to do the music. Ask me to do the message. Told the girls what she wanted to wear in the casket. Picked out the casket. Every hard decision for her family she made before she died. And she made them with amazing joy. What an impact on those kids. And what unselfishness, because most of the time we don't get any information. And we want to do what our loved one wants, but we're not sure. But she took away all that, and she wanted them to celebrate her home going. But most of all, she wanted them to see God in her, in her suffering, and in her death. In the obituary, you, you perhaps read it, Debbie had many interests and hobbies, including music, piano. She was a concert pianist, but never played publicly. She she just prayed privately for herself, but she didn't didn't play publicly. Sewing, learning to fly an airplane. I didn't even know that. That's cool. That's really cool. Fly an airplane, arts and crafts, and uh, forestry. She she, uh, uh, thought about opening a, a shop, a floral shop. Uh, she was a nurse, of course, and for 17 years at, at, uh, at the VA hospital and then spent her time focusing on raising her children and then went back to, to nursing. But listen to what she said. Her, her greatest accomplishment, and this is what she wanted her obituary, her greatest accomplishment was being a mom. Never has any role been more satisfying All her life was spent encouraging her children to stay in church, 
follow our Lord, and above all, accept him as their Lord and Savior. Now that is a godly parent. And we have the responsibility to lead our kids. And so the E in father is encourager. It's seldom mentioned, but, but one of the most important roles of a father is to simply encourage your children because they need constant encouragement. This world is tough. Kids are tough on each other. Have you noticed that? They're cruel to each other, mean to each other. They need somebody in their lives who will give them positive encouragement. Relatives and teachers and pastors can never, ever Make up encouragement what they need from you as a parent, as a father. Uh, I read an old English proverb that said, one father is worth more than a hundred school teachers in the life of a child. Now, and we all know how important a school teacher is. But one father more important than a hundred school teachers. They need that encouragement. A child is going to do well. That child needs a father's encouragement. Needs those words. Words are so important. If you give your children words of praise, then you ought to praise your children. Those words will be in their mind and heart forever. But if you also verbally ever attack your child, those words will be there forever. So be sure that your words are loving and positive and that you, your goal is to encourage and build. That doesn't mean you don't discipline them. That you don't, you know, when they mess up, you need to deal with it. But it means that they need your love, your encouragement, your acceptance more than anything else. They need to hear the words, I love you. You know, my dad was the old school and he couldn't say that. He, need, he knew he needed to say it, but he couldn't do it. To him, you just showed your love, and, and he showed his love to me. But he couldn't say, I love you. The best he could do, if I said, Dad, I love you, I really love you, he'd say, same to you. That was the best he could do. But you see, I needed to hear those words, I love you. And, and just before he died, he was able to say it. But even if the culture says men shouldn't do that, the culture is wrong most of the time. Every child needs to hear the words from a dad and a mom. I love you. You can't overdo that. You can't say it too much. They need to see it and feel it and hear it. I love you. Encourage them with your eyes. Thank God for the miracle of a child, the gift of God. Encourage them with your mouth. Say those words, I love you. Encourage them with your ears. One of the greatest gifts you can give your children is the gift of listening. When you listen to somebody, and I'm talking about active listening. I'm not talking about watching the paper or the news and listening to your children. I'm talking about 100% attention. When you look in a child's eyes and listen to that child, you are saying, you are important to me. I care about you. I care about what you think. I care about what you feel. I care about what you want to say. The greatest gifts, it doesn't cost you a dime. 
One of the greatest gifts you'll ever give your child is the gift of listening. And nothing could build your child up more, that self-image, that confidence, than having a father who will listen. Encourage them with your eyes, with your mouth, with your ears, and with your hands. They need to be touched. They need to be hugged. And even as you get teenagers, you do it privately after they become teenagers. But you still find ways to show affection so that they sense that you are extending to them unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. It's true of your grandkids also. And then the R stands for real. Kids are show and tell. Kids don't do what you say, they do what you do. And and they want to see an example. And you are their example. And they need you to be transparent. They need you to be open. They need you to be real. They need a father who will admit mistakes. Who will share his struggles. Who will share his fears. Because guess what? They're going to make mistakes and they're going to have struggles and they're going to have fears. And how are they going to know how to handle it if they don't see how you handle it? So we pretend everything is fine when it's not fine and, and we won't ever admit that we've made a mistake and done something dumb or stupid. Then when your child does something dumb or stupid, they don't know how to handle that. And they feel it's unacceptable. But if they have an honest father, they know that in life they're going to have hard times and they're not going to always get their way. And they're going to have struggles and problems and heartaches. But you can handle those. You can make it through those. And God is there for you and with you. They need to get that from a father. I'm going to read you a couple of verses. I'll read you one out of the NIV and then the, the same verse in the message. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. It's a great verse, and I love the message words. Listen to how the message does with this verse. You experienced it all firsthand. With each of you, we were like a father with his child, holding your hand, whispering encouragement in your ear, showing you step by step how to live well before God who called us into his own kingdom into this delightful life. Wow. What a verse for you to claim as a father. To encourage your kids and then to be real before your kids. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, it says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We love you so much that we're going to share with you the gospel, the good news of God. But we also love you so much we're going to share our lives with you in a real and an honest and in a transparent way. Now listen to me. The two greatest things you can do for your kids. Number one, share the gospel with them. Introduce God into their lives. Start as an infant. And keep introducing God into their lives. 
Keep bringing God in the conversation. And as they get older, share with them the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. When I pray with these new new parents and their babies, I always pray that that child will grow up to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at the earliest possible age. That ought to be your goal as a dad. I want my child, most of all, to know Christ at the earliest possible age. But the second thing you can do, and it's really more important than the first because the first is not effective unless you do the second. The second is to live the gospel before your children. It's not what you say, it's what you do. It's how they see you in reality. So the greatest gift you can give your child is a good example of what the gospel does in a life and the importance of putting Christ first. And if you will love your kids unconditionally and spend time with them and let your goal be sharing the gospel with them that they trust Christ as early as possible, you will be a great dad. And that's what your child deserves. None of us are perfect. Have I made mistakes as a parent? Many mistakes. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, love covers a multitude of failures and mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But how do you rather make mistakes trying to do what God wants you to do as a parent than just letting chance take over? With God's help, And in today's world, there is no greater need in today's world than men to be godly and the spiritual leaders in their homes. And I know you want that. And what I I hope you've seen this morning is the benefits of that. If you understand the benefits of being the spiritual leader in the home, you'll want to be the spiritual leader in the home. Because let me tell you, as a parent, My wealth in this life is that my children love God and walk with God and love the church and work for God. And to me, nothing is better than that. So the benefits are incredible. You can be a great dad with God's help. Many of you are already great dads. Let's continue to be. Bow for prayer. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry. 